And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's up, man? Oh, I'm just sitting here. I'm like, what happened, man? What happened? I was so rich on paper. Now I'm not. I just want to, I just want you to know I really value you. Ding, ding, You're really valuable to me. It's going up. Oh, wait. Oh. I really appreciate man. you. Thanks. Unfortunately, last time I tried to cash that at the bank, they looked at me <laughs> really weird. And I was like, but I'm loved. You know what was loved and now isn't? Startup valuations. Oh, oh wait a second. God. You Ugh. automatically get a multiple of two because <laughs> there's two mats. <laughs> um, depending on who we're pitching, that, I don't know about that. <laughs> Today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult and Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team. Fullscale.io to learn more. If you're sitting there going, what the hell are Matt and Matt talking about? Okay, valuations of startups. That's the sound they made in the second half of 2022. Now, I do want to say prior to that, it's a pretty juicy period for quite a while, but pop, boom, bang, crush, however you want to look at it, is the sound that will go with many companies' valuations. We're going to talk a little bit more about that, but before we get started, evaluation is a critical part of venture capital, uh, initial public offerings, uh, bringing in investors, sharing equity, figuring out what your real or somewhat make-believe net worth might be. And so with that, um, quite honestly... They're in the shutter, but why? Why, Matt? Why? So well, many reasons. So many reasons. Well, when money was uh, flowing everywhere from all the the stimulus and the, the low interest rates and everything else, you know, during 2020, 2021, there was a lot of cheap money, right? Like, let's say I had $5 million in the bank uh, with Charles Schwab or whatever. I could go borrow money against that at one or 2% interest or something crazy and go invest it in startups or buy yeah. crypto or whatever I wanted to do. So the markets were hot. It was cheap money running around. Well, and in the trailing vapors of a hot stock market and some people being on the good side of things like crypto, it, uh, when you're playing with the house money, it's easier to, to spread that butter around. But you know, the one thing, if, if you had asked me that question, I might say, they might have been overvalued to start with. Oh, God. Uh, we went into that when we did our, uh, Matt and I did uh, in the in the not so distance past in a 52 part series on how to start a tech company. We talked a lot about valuations and I, we both made comments. We're like, how are some of these businesses getting the multiple? So the multiple is defined as that's a lot of times how these valuations are almost always what they're 
how they're determined. And that's a multiple or whatever factor times a number. So in some cases, it might be your revenue. For tech, it's always usually, often is annual recurring revenue or something like that. Times 10 is your valuation. And oh my God, I'm a unicorn. What does that mean? I mean, my company's worth a billion dollars. It felt like every single day forever. There's like, here's today's three new unicorns. Whenever I think of any of this now, I think of WeWork and just how it was dumbfoundingly stupid and then Well, let's talk about that. So WeWork somehow at some point was gaining investment at as high as a $47 billion valuation. They owned no assets. They rented most of those things. They didn't even have proprietary technology that went with it. Where the hell was that coming from? The renting and office space. It was driven by cash-hungry investors. But here's the thing. It was never really worth that much other than to a few people, right? Well, it never made it to IPO. It never made it to an initial public offering. Yeah, and you have other other things like the Tesla stock that I've never understood always seemed way overvalued. And now you got these meme stocks like GameStop and AMC Theaters and I stuff think like it's that. Especially where... Game Stonk now. Yeah. Yeah, that, that for whatever reason, the valuations are crazy high because the investors just make a lot of money trading them. They've, they've figured yeah. out how to make money trading it. But the, but so GameStop, though, isn't a startup. Like no. when we talk about startups, so let's, you know, we often poke fun at like what Wall Street or the world will. OK, so like the federal government says that until you have over 500 employees, you're still a small business. Man, we own a company that has 300 employees. There ain't nothing small about it. Doesn't feel small. Right. Like <laughs> no. Uber Uber goes IPO and the Wall Street Journal still refers to them as a startup. That isn't a startup. No. When your the name of your company has become a verb, you are no longer a startup. So when you are Ubering somewhere, in my opinion, you that was no longer a startup. Is that a that's a good place to start, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, you know, back to your point earlier about multiples, I think you have two different ways to do it, right? You have multiples of EBITDA or multiples of gross revenue and you know a service company like full scale is going to be a totally different multiple than a SaaS software company versus say buying a bank like how would a bank value it and be like oh based on deposits or based on profit you know uh, they're totally different type of business you have it's gonna be totally different so where this exists on a large scale and where you're going to see national media and i keep referring to the wall street journal i mean i dude i I, i'm not going to say i read the actual paper but i subscribe to the app for years i enjoy reading a lot of it and the the main so the mainstream media will you we're going to use instacart as an example we're recording this in the fourth quarter 2022 so instacart so this is going to be the the worst year since 2022 will be the is without a doubt going to be the worst year for initial public offerings since 2008 in the midst of a financial crisis. Yeah. Cause well, a lot of companies aren't doing an IPO because the market sucks. People are sketched out about a lot of stuff. Interest rates are the highest they've been since 2008. And then the valuation sucks. So people at Instacart are sitting there going, shit, like they got to do this. We don't want to do this. They're going to have to sell shares at a discounted price or do something different. So Instacart, has cut its valuation by 40%, citing market turbulence due to red hot inflation and fear of a recession. So you can't, it's very difficult to pierce the veil of a dog shit stock market. It is. I mean, it is. So like, so that that's why it's going to be the lowest year for IPOs because a lot of people are just sitting on the sideline. They're like, we're going to, we're not putting our, our sales up until the wind's blowing. Um, you also have other things too. So then there's, uh, there, okay, 
Oh my God. How, how's insure tech looking right now? Cause you get companies like lemonade that are like trading on like five to 10 cents on the dollar compared to what they launched at and certain like industries and sectors get overvalued and hyped. And then they come back down to earth and my God, when they do, it makes a thunderous crash. Well, and that needs to happen sometimes for sure. I mean, you, there was a lot of tech companies that were really, really overvalued. Um, the multiples were, were crazy and it, and it makes it harder for, for startups, right? So if I've, you know, say take Stackify, my old company, for example, let's pretend we're doing $10 million a year in revenue. We would be trying to figure out, okay, what is this worth? And we would be looking at comparables. We have, you know, competition that's publicly traded. What are they trading at? What are their multiples in the public market? So if we're trying to raise, raise money in the private market, how do we compare, and if the public markets are totally wacky, it makes it harder for us to raise in the private market as well. Yeah, just in shockwaves and whether you want to call that a trickle down effect or trickle down economics or whatever. But so, let me, dude, this is a wild fact. So, in, and okay, it really was a robust everything. Now, your terms like timing is everything. You're also going to see like as these things change. Now, you mentioned full scale. Now, full scale is actually a company that actually changed categories because you referred to full scale, which Matt and I own together. Go to fullscale.io. We're going to help you build a tech team. All right. Anyway, with that, we started out only providing services. Now, f- over four years later, as we've evolved, we are now tech enabled services because we got an amazing platform that helped us scale and do a lot of different things. That changed the zip code for us. We have a different yeah. conversation with people that are interested and it actually increased our valuation dramatically. But who gives a shit? Because Matt, you and I own 50% of the company. You can't go to the Robinhood app and buy $9 nope. worth of full scale, at least nope. yet. Now, but this is wild. So uh, in 2021, a record number of venture back companies went public and at big valuations, 238 companies debuted on public markets valued at 1 billion or more. That Good was, Lord. that was up from 61 in 2020. That's some serious inflation. <laughs> what the f- oh, wow. So, so here's the thing. In 2022, it's going to be a record low, um, but robust years in front of that are going to make the, hey, year over year, we're down 90%. Uh, maybe because that was like the world record. That's a lot, that, dude. But that's, but, 238 but companies went public at 1 billion or more. And by the way, there's probably a whole bunch that went at sub billion too. But but here's the thing, even in a bad economy, there's going to be there's going to be losers, going to be a lot of losers because it's a bad economy, but there will also be winners. There oh, yeah. will be companies that are doing better than ever because of the economy the way it, the way it was. That that was always the crazy part to me economy about or just geopolitical conditions or pandemics. Yeah. Like the pandemic at full scale at first put a big dent in our armor and then lit our fuse on our rocket ship because it changed the market conditions and the, and we have people that are clients or companies that are clients with this now that three years ago, Oh, we don't do the remote thing. And now their whole team's remote yeah. and it, it changes their, their outlook at it. You also have things like let's, okay, let's talk about ed tech for a second. Prior to the pandemic, I was talking to, to VCs and people and all that. And they're like, yeah, ed tech's dead. I'm over it. It's just, yeah, online it's education was not, a thing. Pandemic hits and man, that became the hottest shit yeah. ever. Anything tele, anything yep. that went remote and all of that. Uh, so yeah, winners and losers. Um, and then you'll often, you'll hear the term market correction. 
yeah. in some cases, that's like when things kind of come back down to earth. Cause realistically the value of any stock price on some days is driven by hype. That was the game game stonk or game stop. The price shot up. That was just a weird supply and demand equilibrium thing, and a, and things getting hot and putting it in. It was, GameStop as a company was certainly never worth five hundred dollars a share. Well, after like the blockbuster of video games, but in the public markets, it, it really and a lot of times none of the fundamentals matter at all. It's really based on are there more buyers than sellers. You just get a lot of people that are like, I want to own stock in Tesla. Like, I don't care about any of the fundamentals. I just want to own stock in Tesla, right? That was me, and it, actually. And now, it runs the price me. up. I will do. So I just, as you're aware, I just got a Tesla. Yeah. And I, and I like, okay, I have had some nice cars. It has grossly exceeded all of my expectations with that. And being in it and as an entrepreneur, like I didn't buy Tesla stock. Like, guess what? It, it went down. Because everything in the market went down. But yeah. that said, I looked at something that was like, shit, this is a game changer. I, I mean, I, there's nothing else like it. We have an electric Jeep as well. It has a 25-mile battery on it, dude. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, Welcome to the that, dark side. I mean, <laughs> come on. Now, dude, th- there's some wild numbers. People are like, oh, venture money slowed down. Valuation slowed down. But the valuation, remember, that is a, it's all vapor. It's like you don't have Tesla doesn't have a trillion dollars in assets. These these things are based on in the end, they have to come back down to earth because it has to be based in something tangible in reality. That's profit, dividends, assets, market share, something. And that's why when things get grossly overvalued, they turn into a bubble and pop. Right? Well, and sometimes things are overpriced for different reasons. So, for example, Adobe buying Figma got a lot of news um, for $20 billion. And anybody they who also, would... They also acquired their biggest competitor. Yeah. And so that's the thing. When people look at that, they're like, why would you spend $20 billion? That's crazy. Well, they just it's expensive took, to compete. They just... It's like they're playing chess and they just took their competitor's queen off the board. Yep. Like that that was their biggest threat. And they, they just, just took their competitor's it. queen off the board. They took the white, the black queen and turned it into a white chess piece. And now it's aimed against the rest of the board, yeah. which is no longer Figma. It's the other competition, literally changing the entire game. Yeah. And so sometimes that- valuations are crazy, crazy for that reason, or they're very strategic. <laughs> you know, somebody like Adobe could see Figma and like, hey, we already charge people $99 a month for the creative suite or whatever. We can add this to it. And now we're going to get $109 or whatever. And they just see ding, 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 <clears throat> ding, ding, ding. And it's very strategic. Yeah. And, and there's also like a lot of things like that. We had a perfect storm with overpriced companies and then money was so cheap, we gave a lot of it away in the United States. You could borrow it for next to nothing. And then you look at things like homes. Suddenly, the pre- like, dude, it, there's nothing sustainable about the price of a home going up by 15 to 20% a year. That's not natural. And that's where bubbles occur. You couple that with like geopolitical tensions that exist in like Europe and other places, uh, rising and uh, you know, all of it. It's all, it's all, it all all comes together. And then oftentimes teams up and beats the shit out of your, your liquid or illiquid portfolio, your valuations, market conditions. But I think the thing that's the most important is the confidence of consumers and investors. 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because it's, and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? So if all yep. of us decide like, Hey, I'm going to spend a few hundred dollars less on Christmas presents. I'm not going to plan that vacation. I'm not going to do this thing. If all of us save, you know, $5,000, you know, that we would normally spend, but you got millions of people doing it, it takes a yep. lot of money out of the economy. It's just yep. every, every little bit of that adds up. Well, and that's, and that's that. So, okay. Uh, my wife and I had considered moving to a different home. It's just yeah. we've been in the one we've been for eight years. And like, I, and I started even looking and I've been looking and then all of a sudden interest rates are double and the prices are at the highest. Why does, why is the federal reserve bank raising interest rates? Cause they need to cool that shit. Cause it is right. not sustainable. And it becomes they want to really put you on the sideline. Like you're yeah. the guy. They're like, we don't oh, want this guy to buy a house. Uh, the interest, mortgage rates are double what they were before. And then prices on houses are the highest they've ever been. And the combination of those two things is already driving the prices back down. But it's also making me look at the existing yeah. place that I'm at. And I'm like, you know what? This place seems like a pretty good deal. Rather than buying a new house, I bought some new carpet and some paint. And a well, deck. that's the thing is it all it's all it's a trickle down, right? Because even if, if you would have bought that new house, you might have bought some new furniture. You might have bought some new sheets. You might have bought some new this, some new that. That's the trickle it down all, of it, though. And that affects Home Depot, that affects retailers, that affects people that sell raw materials, that affects trucking companies. All and of it. So one, one of the things that really popped a lot of this off was a few months ago, FedEx announced that they saw their global shipping volume projecting over the next year and quarters to drop significantly. And that was a KPI for a lot of investors going, wait, they ship all this stuff yeah. to people. And that means that other things drop and, you know, and, and, and it's time to look for value. And if you want to look for value, I want to remind everyone that finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you visit fullscale.io, where you can build a software team quickly and affordably use the full scale platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team fullscale.io. Hey, Matt, you mentioned like geopolitical and market and economic conditions. Uh, our inquiry is, okay, when you, I do realistically believe that we that some of this current recession was a little self-fulfilled because, man, we went from like a hot market and everything to like dog shit in a hurry. It's because people were talking about it. But in a lot of, you got to look around. There are opportunities in these things. And that's actually getting more people coming to full scale because they're like, we still need the people, but we might need to save a few bucks. We need to be a little smarter about it. You have been on the show before talking about, uh, so that the financial crisis of 2008 is one of the was one of the events or marks in the timeline that you you've said in the past you felt that that made your prior startup that you exited in 2012 they they let it lit the fuse on it because people car dealers needed to find cheaper solutions right yeah so that so this was 2008 2009 right and so Chrysler and General Motors went bankrupt. Ford yep. closed like a thousand stores or something like that. Right. And yep. so we're selling software to car dealerships at that time. And we're all sitting around looking at each other, like what the hell is going to happen? But we were also in another major shift where these car dealers are spending a lot of money on advertising in magazines and newspapers, radio and TV, traditional uh, marketing. And we were in the right place at the right time to help them transition to online where things like autotrader.com, cars.com, eBay, Craigslist, all these things kind of became more of the norm. Like who the hell gets a newspaper anymore, right? But back then, they would spend like $20,000 a month or like crazy amounts of money advertising all these full page spreads in the newspaper. 
So we were kind of in the right place at the right time for that. And the same thing, if you're making a lot of money, people don't worry as much about what they're spending it on. They're, they're less concerned about pinching pennies. But as soon as the market tanks, everybody's really interested, right? And they're like, hey, can we save money on this? Can we save money on that? You know, and we were we were a way that they could save money, um, not only on software fees because we had a SaaS based product that was that was cloud based. It was a low monthly cost, but we could also help them save a lot of money on advertising. They were trying to figure out how do I get the same amount of leads but get them through the digital than through traditional. So we were in the right place at the right time. And I'm invested in another company that is that's similar in automotive, and they're seeing the same thing right now. Their competition charges five thousand dollars a month; they charge twenty five hundred dollars a month get a lot of people that are like, you know what, we've looked at your product for a long time, but now we want to save 2,500 bucks a month. Now's the time. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It drives people to savings. And like it, once again, during times that things are going well, like, I don't know, you just kind of keep doing the same. You don't pay attention yeah. to it. Th- things and opportunities start shrinking. You look for stuff, but, but yeah, there's always winners and losers in the whole thing. Now, <clears throat> The, the thing with startup valuations that is maybe impacting people that are that are listeners of the show or keeping up with it is there is a trickle down effect when it comes to VC funding. And that's probably the more impactful thing. And the in the startup community for businesses, I actually consider startups, meaning like the 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 person raising a seed round person looking for a three million dollar series A, stuff like that. Um investors during times like this do often take a step back and they're like, Hey, I'm going to preserve some dry powder for later. Some of that is also a mentality of, okay, so Matt, if, if stock and startup hustle, the startup hustle podcast, it was a hundred dollars and then it was 90 and then it was 80. And you're like, huh? I mean, why would I want to buy it at eight? It's going down. I mean, it's, 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 it's on sale. So, but these things do kind of hit a bottom and then oftentimes do that kind of like little V cup thing and kind of head back up because, well, two things, one, there's value to be found in times like this. And also I just don't believe that venture capitals, venture capitalists and funds and firms realistically have enough realistic self-discipline to sit on the sideline forever. They got to put the money out there eventually, but it doesn't always have to be fast. Well, the problem is the psychology of most <clears throat> investors is totally backwards, right? When something like Bitcoin is at an all-time high, there's euphoria and everybody wants to buy it when it's $60,000. But now that it's at $19,000 and yeah, like you're saying, it's on in the decline, nobody wants to buy it. But the reality is this is where millions and billions are made is the people yep. that accumulate <laughs> in the down market. So oh, yeah. as the stock market, stock markets come down, cryptos come down, the NASDAQ come down, market? all of it. Right, everything is twenty percent off. What's, what's the stonk thing? That was the stonks. Uh, isn't that isn't that a term? That's like a Reddit kind of term, right? Yeah, for GameStop. Right. There's a there's an it's an interesting world out there when it comes to this stuff. It, it really is. Now, um, sorry, you kind of stonked it on that one. Maybe I'll ape in on the next <laughs> part of on the next part of this. Oh my god, dude! I look back at like the last couple years and like I I mean honestly, it's sometimes the dust has to settle for me to like really be like, what the fuck? Like, like NFTs are dead. Like, I mean, it's but but a year ago, uh, people were selling JPEGs of apes for a million dollars and. Some of that stuff hangs on to some value, but really in the end, like I, I think that times like this are highly 
Darwinistic. They are, um, you know, they call it the law of economics. Let's, what are some other things that are quote law, the law of gravity? These are things that are overpowering that you, the law of supply and demand that you can't overcome. Uh, but because market conditions can only, only support so much. And, but with these Darwinistic trends, okay, so let's go back to 2008, which uh, financial crisis, housing bubble, whatever. It was due for a huge correction because at the time it was kind of like recently fucking houses were going up. Dude, I bought a house in North Carolina. It's the first house I bought and I sold it two years later. I bought it for 140 grand and I sold it two years later for 225. Good deal. I would love to get returns like that right now on anything, right? But that isn't sustainable. That wasn't, it prices things out. So some of that stuff has to come back and the crazier it gets out of whack, the the bigger the pop, right? It was, it, honestly, it was so insane that that uh, mortgage rates and all that stuff were like 2%, 3%. How it, how do those banks even make any money at that, at that right? That's like by it, the government. Because yeah, when now, the loans failed, that wasn't the bank that failed. It was the government that failed, which is why they, which is the crazy part about this is they just yeah, print more money and fix but it, it. But it killed the bond market. It, it killed a, a <laughs> lot of investors that would do like fixed interest, interest rate type investments, couldn't make any money for a long time. Like, have nope. a savings account that gives you 0.0001% interest in a savings account. Like it was all insane. None of it made any sense. So it's it's good that we're getting back to something that makes sense. I don't know about you, but I'd like put money in a savings account and actually get interest like it that the way it yeah, should be. That's Yeah, that's weird because realistically over the last few years, like I'll get, I mean, I don't keep a ton of money in a checking account for that reason. It doesn't give any return, but you like, you get like a, a 1099i at the end of the year and it's for like, $14. You're like, wow. You had to have a lot of money to even get $14. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the, like rate, the interest I, is so low. Hey, man, I'm like, I, I, you can call me Aquaman, dude. Cause I just roll, I roll in liquid, <laughs> but not necessarily true. Now, by the way, the, the thing that everything you mentioned though, to capitalize on value and everything, you either need to have enough foresight to liquidate things when they're high yeah, because if all your money's tied up and everything, like you're just along for the ride, um, which most and, people and are. Yeah, that's the thing. So you talk about like there's billions to be made. You know, the Warren Buffetts and people like that, they keep a hell of a lot of dry powder and cash on the side, and they just sit and wait and wait and wait. And or wait they leverage up. And I'll give you an example and the the trends that go with this. So if we're talking in the stock market, and I know we're supposed to be talking about startup valuations, but you look at a company like Google, which at the time of this recording is about a hundred bucks a share. Realistically, it should be like 170. So, you know, like a fair market value compared to what, you know, normal conditions might, might come in at. So that's an example of where, and I'm not saying go buy it. This is not financial advice, but you look at stuff like that. And time when when you're at, at the bottom of the trough, people are out. There's a lot of value hunters out there, and unfortunately, um, you know, we always joke. Matt and I off air will often joke. We're like, "Yeah, you're supposed to buy high and sell low, right?" <laughs> so many people like, how's crypto on that? You know, that's and, the psychology, yeah. though. Yeah, well, it's because it feels like it's going up, and that there's that fear of that FOMO kicks in. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's got a new bottom and whatever. I mean, dude, in the last, since we've started this podcast, I've seen Bitcoin be from 1500 to 65,000. Yeah. And now 19. Yeah. I buy high and sell low on crypto. 
Fuck Most that, people dude. do. I'm, I can't make a dollar on it. It's because, yeah, I'm in that same boat, you know. All right. So, I mean, overall, man, when it comes to startup valuations, like some, I mean, some of these will bounce back. <clears throat> I, th- I think the thing that's important to remember is if you have a solid business that has a, that, that solves a problem we're solving and does it in a way that makes sense, I don't think this thing, I don't think this is a big deal for you, right? Like there's money to be found. There's investors looking for that. There's people that want to jump on board. Now, if you're Instacart and dude, if the founders and major shareholders of Instacart are regular listeners on this show, please present yourself because we'd like to have you on the show, but probably not, right? So for the real people, I mean, that are trying to get funded and trying to build a business, I still think that even though market conditions are challenging, um, I mean, there's still money to be had out there. I mean, Matt, Matt, what are some comments you have on the way out? I, I think there will always be money running around. You're going to have people like you. You're like, oh, I thought about buying this house, but now maybe I've got a little more dry powder. So maybe I would invest it in startups or I'd buy a little more crypto or whatever. Like people are still going to have money to put to use um, that may be sitting on the sidelines and not putting it in the stock market. So th- there will be there will be money out there, but you never know. It, it, it's some... Um, <clears throat> Some investors may need more money than they needed before because of the downturn. Some VCs may do a, a little less investment, so they may save a little more money to follow on investments because they know some previous investments are going to need it now. So it's really hard to know. Like the market will determine what's going to happen here, but there's still going to be money floating around at this point. Before I give my closing comments, quick reminder that today's episode of Startup Hustle was powered by FullScale.io. Helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. We have the people, the platform, and the process to help you get it done. We specialize in experienced, well-vetted software engineers, testers, and leaders. Hey, if you're looking for value and affordability, it's kind of what we do. So, you know, you know, Matt, on the way out, like I said, I think that that this is a really wide topic. And, you know, like when I think of startups, I'm not thinking of Instacart. I'm thinking of like the pros the the full scale prospect that I talked to that's raised three million in capital in a in a in a seed round. Um and I and like as I mentioned, I think that you're that if that's where you're at with your business, by the time you you if you can even make it to be like an IPO kind of company, you still got a ways to go. So these things can change quickly, they can change over time. But really if you're create value. Create value, create sustainability, create profitability. The people that are fucked right now are the people that have the businesses that seem to just be in the business of raising money. Because when it dries up, they dry up. If you have a profitable business that's sustainable, that's run in responsible and reasonable ways, kind of just get moving through these things. So and keep on keeping on and until until they until you find out that you're out of money, you're not, and just keep looking for it. And Find the right places. Trust me, someone is getting a huge funding check today. Probably the even during the time down. it took to record this. Speaking of which, man, ride I'm, the wave. I'm, I'm going to go try and get funded, I think. Or maybe I'm going to go, no, go buy some stuff. It's on sale, right? Yes. I'm going to go buy, buy some, some I'm going to go work on my buying some Instacart. <laughs> NFTs. I'm positive that my household alone is going to make that profitable yes. in the years to come. Mine too. I'm out. See ya. 
Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. We do it.